Breaking you inside the world of music, this is Inside Music Cast with Rick Such and Eddie Cabello. Welcome to Inside Music Cast, the podcast that sheds new light on the world of music. That means that we peel back the obvious and let you see music from the inside out. I'm Eddie Cabello. And I'm Rick Such. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Inside Music Cast. As Eddie mentioned, Inside Music Cast will take you inside the mind of the musician and allow you to get a special, up-close glimpse of the music-making process. So if you're a fan or even a musician, this is where you want to be. That's right. This is the podcast that takes you beyond the stage and into the studio and features the people that make music happen. So if you're ready, let's get started. Welcome to a special edition of Inside Music Cast. On this, our 30th episode, we've taken time out to chat with three of our past guests to find out what they've been up to and to discuss their new projects. Crosby Loggins, who joined us on Inside Music Cast for the first time back in April, was just wrapping up production on his debut record and joins us now to chat about its progress and his current tour. Hey, Crosby, welcome back to Inside Music Cast. How's it going? Good. Good to have you on. Just nice to hear from you guys again. Thanks. Likewise. And, and, you know, when we spoke to you back in late April, you were just about to go into the mastering process for your mm-hmm. new CD, and you were working on a, a label deal and distribution, and, and how did all of that pan out for you? Yeah, It's just turned out great. Um, I couldn't be happier. Uh, we ended up uh, inking a deal, an independent deal, with an artist by the name of Joe Bonamassa. Okay. Um, he's, he's a guitar prodigy who was opening for B.B. Uh, King when he was about 11 years old. Okay. And really one of the greatest guitar players, nicest guys I've met in a long time. And he's been releasing his own albums with uh, really strong internet distribution at this point in the States, North America, and in Europe. Mm -hmm. And we opened for him, I opened for him as a trio, an acoustic trio uh, with our violinist Paul Cartwright and uh, drummer Jared Pope uh, back in February. And he expressed interest in signing us if we didn't want to pursue some of the major label opportunities that had been presented. And and in the end, we felt that this was a much more creative and artist-centric, you know, happening deal for us, and, and so we went with it. And um, since then, we've booked a, a, a 60-plus show tour um, nationwide through December 3rd. I'm on the road right now, actually, with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get to go out and open for Joe as part of the package, which is really cool. It's nice. Hey, you know, the, the new CD, which uh, you have titled We All Go Home, will go on sale, uh, of course, uh, I believe Tuesday, September 25th, correct? Uh-huh. And uh, according to your website, it uh, it will also be available at Amazon.com. And uh, will it only be available there at, at Amazon? I mean, other than uh, uh, the label and the internet distribution, uh, what other outlets are going to be available? It should be available um, at every standard internet uh, distribution place on mm-hmm. release date. It's pre-order available on Amazon right now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, as of September 25th, it'll be available Napster, Snowcap, MySpace Music, iTunes, Amazon, the whole gamut. So, Hey, your, your decision to go with Joe with uh, with his distribution channels, was it basically the, the internet capability and, and how he's handling that uh, electronic uh, type of distribution that really was the, the nail clincher for you? What made you go this way? What was the deciding factors? You know, it's a combination of aspects. Like mm-hmm. in uh, today's, today's world, as a lot of people know, uh, the major labels are having a really rough time. Mm-hmm. And the deals that were presented to me, I didn't feel were desirable for a couple of reasons. One was um, I would have needed to recut my album, hmm. which I had already completed, turn over ownership of all my masters. <laughs> uh, and then additionally, they were going to shell the album until 2000, 2008 or 2009. Oh and um, I just couldn't, couldn't do that. Um, oh. And also, you know, 
I'm working on a long-term career here. I don't want to be pitched to radio and dropped in in ten weeks. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's not the kind. It's, I, I don't. I've never desired. You know, like like I said, I, I think I probably mentioned in my other interview with you guys, but I never wanted to be rich and famous. This is what I do. This is right. who I am. Sure. I want to you know go out and make music for people. And if it's for ten people one night, and then the next you know six months later it's for thirty people, and six months later it's for one hundred and fifty people, and Five years after that, it's for 3,000 people. That's fine with me. Yeah. I'm comfortable with the slow build and, and really fighting my fan base on the road. And um, if I find it through some, you know, some radio play and all that stuff, that would be great. But I'm not going to bank my model on that. So we are doing a, a AAA radio campaign in um, major cities, um, an Internet marketing campaign, and lots of, you know, cool stuff, trying to find our way into, you know, good publicity channels. But all in all, additionally... You know, when you work at a label, a big label, you really get lost if you don't have personal friends there, like real people on the ground that care about your project and mm-hmm. are going to work to make sure it gets heard over the din of, of this melee of artists. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what's wonderful about the deal that we're doing right now is it's really run in a partnership, kind of a licensing partnership with my manager, Nick Hartley, and Joy's manager, Roy Wiseman. Um, and so we get to be part of the label itself. And mm-hmm. I also created my own production company, hmm. which will work toward becoming my own label, and branded that right off the bat with the first release, which is something that would never happen at a major label. So, right. you know, it's just, it's, you know, obviously has a tenth of the marketing budget, but I don't feel the desire to go throw my face in a million magazines and try to make people, you know, love me through descriptions of my music. I want to go out and play my music, right. and if people like it, then great. It's a great philosophy. Hey, outside of, of touring, uh, do you know... Any of the details as to how your album, uh, We All Go Home, will be marketed? Yeah. We're running publicity with uh, a company called Jensen Communications, mm-hmm. um, based in Los Angeles. Um, it'll be a national publicity campaign, um, uh, pretty standard stuff for, uh, for album cycle release. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also do an internet marketing campaign in-house through my management company with Fitzgerald Hartley. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also, you know, obviously run things on my own website and on MySpace. And then just a lot, a lot of touring. Um, I'm already in negotiations for a European release and touring um, behind Joe and and behind the album in February and March in Europe. So cross your fingers, hopefully that'll come together. And, you know, all in all, there'll be over 100 dates in the space of six months. And that's a good start for me. That's great to know that uh, this may uh, be released in Europe because we just had a uh, someone on our Inside Music Cast uh, website today on the People's yeah. Forum ask about that. Wanted to know if it was going to be released on iTunes in Germany, and so perhaps right. they'll have a chance at uh, downloading it there. So definitely, I mean, we'll definitely pursue um, internet distribution in the uh, international music uh, iTunes music stores, um, and but I'm hoping to also be able to you know tour behind it and release it on the ground in Europe. And I've also been in talks with a Japanese label. Um, and apparently maybe in final negotiations with that too, which is unexpected and exciting and interesting. And I'll just have to hang out and see how that goes. You know? Sure. Right. Exactly. The title cut, uh, we all go home is actually, um, it's a title of your album, but it's also the, the title of one of the songs. Give us a little insight as to how you uh, came to, to choose the title for the album. Did you consider other things or did you just say, Hey, that's what it's about. Or how'd you come to the title? Well, you know, um, it, it was, it just feels, it's, emotionally like the centerpiece of the record to me mm-hmm. um it's a song that i wrote a long time ago it's the, you know the oldest song really on the record really? and probably the only one i've kind of held on to since childhood i guess i wrote it when i was 18 and i was living in hawaii at the time i decided to um to, to go out there and 
work carpentry for a couple of years and kind of get some some blue collar sort of experience. And um, I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about the world and about what I wanted to do in it, who I wanted to be. And um, that song is really about humanity in kind of an abstract sense. Um, it's about the things that make us all similar and the things that we all go through mm-hmm. as humans. And, and it's sort of, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a metaphor for us all being born, us all dying, and, and we all kind of have to answer to the same mm-hmm. um, God, whoever you care about, whatever you believe in. You know, we, we sort of all end up in the same place, wherever that is, at the end of it all. And, and it's just sort of um, a personal thing for me. So, so I, I kind of always knew that it would be um, titled that. Um, and uh, I expect, you know, I, I entertained some other titles for a little while, but I, I kind of always knew that would be it. Yeah, I came around to it. Will you be releasing a, a single on this new CD? And if so, which one and how will that work, do you think? Um, they're, they're looking at a couple of singles. Yeah. The first couple tracks on the album, the first one is, is Good Enough, which is, um, yeah, right. you know, can be heard on my MySpace page. And the other one is um, uh, Always Catching Up, which is a song I co-wrote with my sister. Yeah. And uh, our radio um, person... Um, I believe his name is Neil Lasher, um, is running our AAA campaign. Yeah, cool. And he really liked, uh, I think Good Enough was the obvious choice for just kind of hoppy, single, sort of radio-friendly yeah, um, right. sound. Mm-hmm. But uh, Neil really took to always catching up and, and wanted to push that. And so um, I'm a, I trust him a lot. He's a really, really talented guy, and I'm just going to kind of roll with it and let the fans decide for themselves, you know. I'm, I, uh, I I love this album and I'm happy to get it out and and with all honesty I really have my eyes set on my next record and the material that I'm sitting on right now. Excellent. So Excellent. Um, you know natural progression and it'll be fun to see how that stuff does. Mm-hmm. Well, for our listeners and if you're like me and you can't wait until Tuesday to get the CD in your hands, you can check out Crosby's website at CrosbyLoggins.com and and you can hear samples of of every song on this new CD and. You know, personally, I really dig the song "Want to Be You," and I, I can't wait to hear it that one in its entirety on Tuesday. And you know, in that little sample you had there, Paul Cartwright just has a killer violin solo on that song. Thank you. You know, it's funny. Paul is a tremendous player. He's he's insane. And oh yeah. And um, we really used a lot of restraint with the album um, as far as his solos went. He played very simple in the pocket kind of uh, approaches to things, and um, just try to get some kind of outside-of-the-box tones going. Um, his solo on We All Go Home is tremendous, and his solo in, on a cut called March on America is also really strong mm-hmm. and it, intense, kind of um, Jean-Luc Pawnee, kind of uh, very distorted, yeah. you know. And so, um, yeah, the, the, the idea from the get-go was, you know, we, we really wanted people to come out and check us out live, and so everything that he does on the album is really a scaled-back version of the way he approaches his solos live. They're much more intense and, and really fun to experience from, from the stage, uh, right. if I can speak personally, you know, so hopefully that <laughs> translates to the audience. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you live. As a matter of fact, I noticed on your website that you're going to be doing a show up at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, like on October 30th, and that's where I went to school, and that's where some other guy named David Letterman went to that school, too. David who? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? So, so, <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> so I'll definitely, definitely check you out at that show. I can't wait to see that. Cool. I'm really looking forward to it. We just had a really fun run in Colorado. We did, uh, um, you know, most of this tour is solo acoustic, I should mention, mm-hmm. Um but I am I'm joined by Paul on certain dates and um, potentially Jesse, our guitar player, on certain dates. Um, and we just did a four-day uh, run in Colorado. We did uh, the Fox Theater in Boulder. We played Ooh. the uh, Telluride Blues and Brews Festival 
um, two shows up there, actually, which was a, a blast. We really had a great reception up there. Um, and then also Denver and Aspen at the Belly Up, um, mm-hmm. one of the coolest clubs, smallest, amazing clubs that had every mm-hmm. talented artist you can imagine pretty much has played in there at some point or other. So that was a cool experience. And yeah. So what is Paul and, and, and Jerry's uh, in the bands? I mean, what's the vibe like now that, uh, in a way, you've sort of pushed the button and said, hey, let go, you know, the album's coming out and, and so forth. What's the, what's the vibe? What's the, how are they acting? How, how's, uh, are they full of energy? Yeah, you know, everybody's really excited about it. Everybody's yeah. really happy to have the album out. As it stands right now, it really rests on my shoulders to get out and yeah. introduce the album to the fans. Everybody's careers independently are doing really well simultaneously. So it's a it's a cool working relationship yeah, because, cool. um, you know, Jared's touring behind a really successful country act right now. He got um, a, a gig with through our management. Um, and so he's able to, you know, work. He's on a... 120-day tour himself. Wow. Um, Paul was recently called in by Dr. Dre to record on his most recent album. <laughs> That's, um, That's awesome. <laughs> that was entertaining for all That's of us. Cool. That's um, cool. He's playing with <laughs> Oingo Boingo in October. Nice. Um, Jesse's recording. Um, Q's work. He's releasing his own solo album, actually, concurrently right now, and also um, recording uh, a lot of uh, film cues and television work. Sure. Um, Dennis, our keyboard player, has been playing in a group with uh, Jimmy Branley and um, uh, the bassist from the Yellow Jackets, Jimmy Haslip, oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in Los Angeles. And if you check out his MySpace page, which is, I believe, just MySpace slash Dennis Ham with two M's, um, you can see some clips of him playing with those guys, and that's just a tremendous project that I'm a huge fan of. So, I mean, everybody's really, and our bassist force has been on a, a two-month tour with another uh, really talented singer-songwriter out of San, San Luis Obispo. Um, so, I mean, it's it's just been, you know, everybody's happy, everybody's successful, everybody's doing their thing, and everybody loves this project and can't wait to get back together and play as a group as our, you know, opportunities increase. Sure. We're looking toward next summer for some bigger opening slots for bigger artists, and I hope it all comes together. Cool. Well, we're certainly behind you, and we're excited for you. And uh, and you know, hopefully, you know, down the road when things progress, we can catch up with you again. And and uh, we're always catching up, Crosby. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I was trying. To... <laughs> I, I guess I set myself up. For that. <laughs> no, really, assembly. honestly, thank you guys so much. You've been so you've been so so cool to me. And I really appreciate all the support. So. Very cool. Well, good luck, and uh, we'll see you down the road here. All right, we'll catch you guys on the flip. Talk all right, to you later. Bye bye. Jenny DeVoe, who joined Eddie and me for the first time back in September of 2006, has joined us here in studio to update us on her new record, which is currently in the works. Hey, Jenny, welcome back, and thanks for joining us here on Inside MusicCast. Hey, bitches. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie and I are bitches. I am happy to be here. (laughs) I am. I'm high from singing all day. You know, it's been uh, a year. Yeah, it's been a year since uh, we last spoke to you, and we wanted to ask how things are going and, and what you're currently working on. It's appropriate to catch up now. I'm I'm in agreement, and yes. um, I'm going to tell you. You, <laughs> what do you want to know? This could be dangerous. I know. I'm a little concerned now. <laughs> even even Steve Lukather didn't give us this much crap when we started the show. No, not really. <laughs> now we just what, what's been going on? What are you working on yeah, now? Really. Uh, what what are you well, up to? Different things. I'm I've been collecting things that I've been putting on mini disc for a while. So are those songs, things still around? They are. You know what? I I want them to come back, and I'm I'm putting a plea out there to Sony to push those again. They're just perfect for me. I'm not into the the Blackberries and the iPods and all those things. I'm just I just learned to, to use the picture phone, my my picture phone. Nice. So I just learned that. And but I love the mini disc. 
I think it's great. So I've been, you know, I've got like 50 songs, just narrowed it down to 34 and narrowed it down to 25. Then after that, going back to England, Mm -hmm. October 16th, and working with John Parrish again. Okay. And uh, I mean, I had no idea that, you know, my last record came out in 04. So it's time. I've got three records ready to go. Little go. Fireworks and Karate Supplies came out in 2004. It did. Yes. Mid-2004. And it was your DVD that was released last year, correct? DVD and – yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about fireworks and karate supplies. You know, obviously it came out a few years ago and and your DVD last year. So for you personally, did it meet the expectations that you were hoping for in not only just sales but just – you know, just personally? Well, I don't know how the um, the big boys do it, the big boys meaning like the labels. But for me, it, as I just keep doing records, the other ones sell, start selling better each time I put one out. So, yeah, the sales have been really good. I would say I've sold about 10,000, mm-hmm. which is not bad for, mm-hmm. you know, somebody not on a label. So, you know, and I'm paying for some of this record with some of that. And then the rest of that money, you know, you pay your mortgage and regular right. crap like sure. that. But, um, yeah, it did meet my expectations. I love that record. It's one of my only records that I can actually put on and listen to and go, you know, the drums are real wide. It's not very compressed. So it's not a sure. great maybe radio <coughs> CD. Um, well, the production of that album was very good. Thanks. It was very good. It was different. And yeah. I'm I'm, pro- I'm pretty proud of it. Well, when you say, you know, it, you, were, you were comparing it to how the big boys do it and the big boys, you yeah. know, the labels and the, that album, you know, technically, not only, well, from, from a performance standpoint, too, it's just it was all, you know, very good. Right. Yeah, I was pretty awesome at per- the performance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you were. It was great. <laughs> well, thank you. It was, uh, you know what, the request was at the beginning to keep scratch vocals. It's like, let's try to get this all together. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend like maybe we get to play it once or twice. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's what we did. So I think that's why it's easy to listen to because it sounds uh, pretty sincere. Yeah, you're about ready to launch out on a brand new project. Yes, and uh, so you're heading back to England. To back to England. There? Yep, going to fly into London. Then we take a train to Bath, and uh-huh. we're going to work with the same guy, same studio, yeah. and uh, make this kind of a second chapter from fireworks. So, so what are you going to do differently with this? I mean, is, is it, how are you approaching it? Uh, I mean, have you talked to John about, yeah. about that? And, and what are you going to be doing differently, creatively? Well, I would like to have some of the same kind of mood. I'm, I'm going to use a lot of tremolo guitar. I might beat the vocals up just a little bit more this time. I'm not okay. going to insist that we keep scratch vocals because I've got some, I think, maybe some of my best melodies written. So I want to make sure I, I do it right when I get mm-hmm. over there. I've I've been listening to anything from Louis Armstrong to Jimi Hendrix to – That's um, a range. It's, it's quite a range, <laughs> but you would be surprised yeah. at how some of these things are so close. Mm-hmm. Just this uh, – you know. so I've, I've written some kind of old schooly things um, – and I might rock a little bit more on this record. Cool. I think the mood is going to not be as heavy. I think the mood of fireworks has some yeah. uh, nice sinister sense of humor, but it's kind of dark. It's kind of moody yeah. um, with a couple happy exceptions. But this one is, um, you know, maybe a little bit more poppy, but I don't want it to be slick. So right. it's going to be pop, have some good, you know, memorable hooks. In the melody and in the words and then some neat parts for tremolo guitar. And there's actually one song that is, is going to really be a hats off to Jimi Hendrix. So, really? Cool. Yeah. Is all the material going to be brand new or are you pulling anything from the past? That I mean, yeah. you've written a lot of music and most you know, singer-songwriters, they just don't write for the album. I mean, you have a history right. of things that are – is any of the past that, that fits that you're pulling out and bringing it in and injecting a different twist on it? 
Yes, <clears throat> yes. In fact, there's one um, – there's some songs we've been playing out for a long time and I, they maybe are too close to me for me to be objective about putting them on a record. But I always overlook them when it mm-hmm. comes time to put them on. But I've had them around since maybe 98, 99. Yeah, mm-hmm. So there's about four of those that I think are going to make the cut. And uh, it's mainly because audience – you know, people are just like, you know, can we ever buy this song on anything? Will you please put this out? And, you know, you sense their frustration. Sure, 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 and it's right. like, I don't want to be one of those people who are so um, close to it that they can't make a, an objective decision. So I'm trying to base some of that on uh, a couple things on, hey, audience wants it. Let's let's give it to them. Right. You know, I, I would guess that when you write songs, um, you obviously write the songs from within you and, and for you. I mean, they're your songs. It's personal. But you know your fans well and you, and you know their expectations, you know, about, you know, especially, you know, you've had four albums now. And yeah. do you keep that in mind, what the fans are wanting when you're writing your songs? Or, or I mean, not not to put your fans off right. and not to slight them, right. but I mean, you know, some, some no. I, I'm sure a lot of artists write that way. They think, what do my fans want to hear? But, you know. The only thing I would say I'm doing for the fans is that, what I just told you. I think that, um, They've been so loyal and they do deserve to have just, you know, something that they've requested. But never – I never write with fans in mind. I'm glad and to hear I you think, say that because, yeah. you know, I think your fans, if, if they love what you're doing now, they're going to they're gonna appreciate what you do. Yeah, I they, think they're they pretty want, cool. They want you. They don't, you know. Yeah, exactly. They'd like me to um, – I don't want to say bleed in front of them, but they do mm-hmm. like when you go deep. And, you know, some of the stuff I write about isn't necessarily personal, but – some of it is. Mm-hmm. So, but I never write in mind uh, how it's going to look on stage, right, which I exactly. think, you know, now that you say that, now that's probably how I'm going to write for the rest of my life. No. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. Oh, maybe, maybe that's how you get a hit song. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I should do that. Is John going to be working um, ahead of time? Do you anticipate your songs once you start putting them on the table? John, do you, you know, you're open to. The songs being rearranged and cut. Yeah. How do you approach a, re- a producer that you know? We hear, and, and you get there and you say, "Hear my songs, right? Let's let's do something with them." Yeah, what? and how do you know he's going to do something yeah. that you how like? How do you approach that? Well, the last time uh, when I did it with him last time, it was scary because I didn't know him. I had a feeling about him, mm-hmm. and from listening to what he'd done with the Eels, PJ Harvey, and then Tracy Chapman, I right. felt like, "Ooh, he might be good for my stuff." Really really different. So it's a guess. It's a gamble and a guess. I'm, and, you know, it's it's easier to work with somebody who's safe and um, and somebody who knows you. But there's something about, for me, leaving the country and now that I've got one under my belt with him, mm-hmm. kind of neat to know I have a little bit more of a relaxed thing because yeah. I, I write out stuff for him, like what I picture the mood on this being and I picture Hammond B3 and I picture mm-hmm. tremolo guitar. Well, he did take one of the songs last time and it was real quick tempoed three court you know three four song mm-hmm. and he slowed it down and that's the song redeeming right. which is yeah. the way he slowed it down it was like oh, duh that's that's why I'm going to work with him because right. he will give you a true assessment of what I would do here he'll say you know he's <laughs> cut off there and don't you know don't oversing here <laughs> you know you don't really need that and uh, he just, he's really cool because he doesn't get mad. You know, he's just kind of like very polite about stuff and um, says everything so tactfully that he doesn't ruffle anybody's feathers. But he's also very forthright. And if he sounds just like you, then why doesn't he put on his own album? You know, I mean, on <laughs> – exactly. <laughs> well, he does. And, and he uh, – at the beginning of Try Harder on Fireworks and Karate Supplies, we left in against his – what he wanted. He wanted to take it out, but he does the one – 
two, three, four. And it's like, I love that. I'm like, I like that. And he's like, oh, we can't leave that on. I'm like, please. (laughs) I like it. It's just cool and, you know, neat. Will the name of the album come up at the very end when you take the the perennial look back and say, what do we have here and take a look? Good question. I had, you know, decided on probably two definite titles last time. One was The Rain Jar. Another one was going to be Here on Earth. And then another one was going to be Pale Blue Girl. Mm-hmm. All of them had like a, a line except for the rain jar. But I pictured the rain jar as this like collective thing of mood. Like, you know, you set it outside and it collects what it collects. And that's kind of – so I may still use that another time. So don't anybody take that because we'll know oh. that you heard it on the podcast. <laughs> you said the rain jar. Rain jar. Oh, I thought you said like the rain jar, like, you know, like Mr. Ranger from – Oh, like rain- – well, and you know what? <laughs> Funny Rick, like from Jelly can Stone I tell Pie. you? <laughs> Let me tell you something. That crossed my mind and that is why it did not make the cut. Hey, Mr. Ranger, sir. Mr. Ranger, sir. Yeah, I like it. Yep, that was a reason. See right there. It, it, it's the same with uh, one of the songs I should have titled completely different but Don't It Sound Good which I know you guys have heard, but everybody's like, donuts sound good. <laughs> it's kind of a tribute to Homer Simpson. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Well, well, hey, looking <laughs> looking down the road, uh, I mean, just I mean, it's hard to tell right now because you haven't even started, but when would you be hoping that this CD would come out? Right. Before Christmas. Before this Christmas? I'm a marketing genius, yes. Really? Oh, that's aggressive. Yes. Yes, very. That aggressive. is aggressive. I didn't. Yeah, because yeah. you're going. You're going over there in October, right? So to Bath. On October 16th through 31, and then we'll. Um, I'll probably send s- everything to my master person in San Francisco, and then I'll come home for a couple of days, and then go out there, and we'll uh, complete it, and then I'll get it hopefully done. What are all the musicians on this album? Are they? Are they? I'm taking some of my guys this time. Okay. Really? Yeah, right. I'm paying for everything, you guys. I'm hawking jewelry and Way everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love my guys, my band. So I'm taking uh, John Whitman with me. I'm taking Paul Holdman. He's a phenomenal guitar player. And I'm taking Jeff Stone, who will be on bass, and uh, Greg McGurk, who will be on keys. Uh-huh. And they're all – you know, I have a history with all of them. Yeah. And I think they will be real easy to work with. That's very cool. Oh, very yeah. cool. I have to live with them for a little bit, but that'll be kind of hard. But yeah, just just a week. Well, it was Thank nice you. to chat with you again, and, and really? thanks for this update. And, and knowing that you have a new album coming out, yep. and we'll, maybe later down the road we'll touch base and and uh, talk about that. And I would love that, and I'd like to come place. back here when you guys talk to um, the Flight of the Concord guys, <laughs> Jermaine <laughs> and Brett. Jermaine that that and would Brett. be a cool interview. I think you will love them. Have you seen them? I have. It's a great show. You need to tell Eddie all about it. It's a great show. The That'll Bowie be another episode. episode. <laughs> that one and bi- ask him about business time. I need to be here though with you as okay. one. Okay. Okay. Well, Thank we'll you invite guys. you back to be a guest host on that one. Thank you. I'd like that. <laughs> thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Thank Jenny. you. All right. Good luck. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Without a doubt, the guest who has garnered more downloads than any other guest we've had here on Inside Music Cast is Steve Lukather. Steve and the other members of Toto have wrapped up a long and winding world tour and have landed back at home for a well-deserved break before heading off to South America in November for a short tour. Hey, Steve, thanks for taking time out to chat with Eddie and me. Hey, man, what's going on? It's cool, man. It's good to talk to you again. And, and, you know, I I want to start off by talking about something other than music. Let's talk about the big news. And uh, I'm talking baby. Your your wife is (laughs) due any day now. How's the anxiety level in the Lukather household? Really? Uh, Well, to be quite honest with you, uh, my wife is just really tired. You know, she's at the point where it's like, you know, I'm done with this. Let's (laughs) 
Get the baby out. But, uh, <laughs> boy or girl, do you know, or do you really? Uh... It's a girl named Lily Rose. Really? really? Congratulations. Like that. That's awesome. And uh, we're, we're waiting. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, it's nice to have some time off right now. You know, we've been working so hard for the last two years. Oh, right? yeah. You know, and uh, <clears throat> we worked so hard that Simon's in the hospital. Jeez. Yeah, I was gonna. That was one of my final questions. I was gonna well, ask. Well, you know, how's I, mean, he doing? I don't want to get deeply into it, but he's, right. got, a, he's got a chronic stress-related disease that flares up every now and then, and yeah. uh, it flared up. Yeah. So we have six weeks off, and I'm hoping that that's enough to, for him to get his strength back and mm-hmm. get back on the game again. I'm hoping, you know. Well, yeah, we, we certainly wish him the best. Yeah, yeah. Something about this band makes people sick. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> You're that or pregnant. <laughs> you sick or pregnant? Well, I, I listen, I'm so paranoid. I went right to the doctor and got a full physical. <laughs> what is this, and, crap? And, and I'm the crazy guy in the band, and I'm the healthiest. How do you think? <laughs> go figure that, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm a good gene pool. There you go. <laughs> well, like you said, you just end, ended a pretty extensive tour with, with Toto, both in Europe and in the U.S. Yeah, we're supposed to go to South America in November as the last bit until next year we got a tour in march yeah. that we're supposed to do uh with boss gags is going to go on the road with us really really yeah, we're doing a big arena tour in japan how many uh will he be doing the whole uh, tour down there yeah. with you Everything. but then we're gonna then we're supposed to go back to australia and some southeast asian dates and then my record comes out in february late february and then i'm going to put my band together and go on the road from May until the end of summer, probably. Yeah. Toto's got to go away for a while. He's <laughs> played every place there is to play. <laughs> yeah, you even came to Indianapolis, which I didn't think you guys would ever come here. Oh, uh, well, probably won't. Think ever again, but it was, nice, it was nice to give it one last try, you know? Yeah, really. Well, you were talking there a second ago about your uh, your new CD, and you said you're going to be throwing a band together. Do you know have any ideas of who's going to be in your band? I got a couple ideas, but it's early to say. It yeah. depends on availability and uh, who can... I can afford. Yeah, yeah really. exactly. How extensive of a tour are you planning for this new album? Well, I mean, you know, obviously Europe and Asia are high on the list. Right. I know I can go there and do business. So uh-huh. it really depends on uh, you know how it how it's received. I think it's yeah. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. It's it's a there's songs as rock and roll records, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, it's all vocals except for one tune at the end, which right. is a ballad mm-hmm. piece that I wrote. Yeah, and uh, you know so. So far, the initial reactions have been really, really, really positive. So nobody's really heard it all yet. I mean, Rick, you were there like you, when I was cutting track. Right, right. It's certainly uh, grown since then. It's all done. I've been sitting on it for, since May. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, due to the total commitments, I had to uh, hold off on a release. You know. Yeah, and you said February. Is that right? February twentieth in Asia, and uh, probably that side of the world, and then I think March Europe. And then uh, the states right after that. I got six labels bidding on me right now. Wow, well, that's great. Hey, what's the update on the live DVD? Is it uh, finished yet? Or it's not we'll... turned in. It'll be out either before the end of the year or first for January or something like that. Really? Huh? Cool. It's one of those kind of things. You know, it's live, so some things you got to let it go. Right. You know what I mean? It's exactly. like okay, that's not as good as I would have liked it to be, but it was a one-off show. You know. You're right. Yeah. But it, it the is... production value is really great and. You know, I think I look at things underneath a deep microscope, and like I said, Amsterdam, the live in Amsterdam one, I, I didn't even want them to put it out. Really? I was so bummed out. Right. I was sick that night. I didn't feel like I played very well. And, well, like, and, like, and then I didn't see it for two years, and somebody put it on somewhere, and I watched them, and I go, oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. I, it's all right, you know? I mean, you're the closest one to it, Luke, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're... I know all the little 
where the bodies are buried, so to speak. Exactly. You know, I mean? you know it's a, like you said, it's a live show, and I think people people buy uh, DVDs because it is a live show, and that's that's part of the whole thing. But no, it, it you was, know, like like any band, you know, when you're in a recording studio, you have the luxury of being able to go, "Ooh, I'd like to do that one more time." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a vocal or something like that. You know, yeah. Steve McMillan mixed it, and he just in order he enhanced the sound to make it larger than life. You know what I mean? With vocals and stuff like that, he just met. He's a magician when it comes oh, yeah. to shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, because you know, in the in the, in the studio, I mean, you know, you, you double quadruple vocals and stuff like that. You know, that's shit. The Beatles were doing it, doubling their voices back in '64. Absolutely, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the rec- recording process that gives it that fat sound, right. especially the big harmonies and all that stuff. And live, you know. We try to pull that off as best as we can. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Hey, I, you know, I realize you know your focus right now is on on the, on the new baby and everything. But have you have you been working on any other projects during this time away from Toto? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did the music for Dragon Ball Z, which we do every year. Uh-huh. It's a video game. We have an account with very good friends with the guy that was a writer. Really? Yeah. They come in from Japan and they hire they hired Trevor, my son, too. <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Trevor's you know Trevor's you know his stuff is you know he's got. Three of the big boy labels are looking real hard at him right now and making offers, so yeah. wishing him luck. Yeah, definitely. It's a tough time to be in the business right now. It's changing so radically, you know? Right. You know, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be really curious to see what kind of a deal he gets offered, but he's, he's, he's with a really good management firm now. I've heard his tracks, though, on MySpace, and it's, it's some great stuff. I mean... Uh, but, hey, you know, I'm proud of my kid, what can I say? <laughs> he's moved out now. It's really funny now. He, you know, both my kids have moved out. You know, they're, they're living on their own. That's right. I see more of them now, especially about dinner time. <laughs> really funny, man. That's the old funny. man is like, hey, man, Dad, Dad, I'm a little short, man. You got, a little, you got 50 bucks I can borrow? I'm like, yeah, borrow my ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, we heard through the grapevine that David Page has uh, landed a, a neat writing opportunity, right? Uh, you know, I haven't talked to David in a while, but I hear no? that. It's good for him. I'm glad he's doing something. Is that for the 2008 Olympics, yeah. I guess? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of thing that Dave can really sink his teeth into. Sure. That's great. That's fantastic. That's you know, I mean, I've been emailing him, but he's in China right now, so obviously the, the phone call would be very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're, you know, we haven't seen each other. We were, we were kind of mad at each other for a minute, but now we're cool. <laughs> hey, what happens? Like, it's like a, a bunch of old married couples. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, one of my last questions is, uh, Lee Sklar, man, did he survive everything? Is the guy still standing? Is He uh... <laughs> He had a ball. <laughs> he did have a ball. Oh, yeah. When he was here, he was digging every bit of it, man. He was just enjoying oh, man, himself. You know, you know, the thing is, Mikey's still a bit messed up. You know, he, yeah. uh, he just found it's really bizarre because the doctor that's looking after him now is a guy that we went to school with. Yeah, really. he turns out to be one of the greatest diagnostic cats in, in, in the U.S. And I hadn't talked to him in twenty years. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was in a band with him in high school. <clears throat> his his father was a very famous uh, jazz drummer, Stan Levy. Yeah. Okay. And uh, his son David used to be in a band with me and Mike Landau and John Pierce. You know. Wow. And we all went to Grant High School. That's cool. Your doctor was in a band with you. How bad? <laughs> well, but anyway, this guy thinks he, you know, he's got a handle. He might have a handle on Mikey getting well. But well, good. in the meantime, uh, Lee's going to be on deck until Mikey gets well. There you go. That's great. All right. Well, we wish him the best, too. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that, man. And uh, I'm sure he's looking in on the network now. And then. He, I think he just doesn't really want to have to answer a million questions. So he yeah. doesn't answer any. Yeah. That's cool. It's his. So I talked to him today. And he was in really good spirit. So good for you. Tell him hi for us, okay? Well, hey, Steve. Uh, thanks for your time. We just wanted to chat with you and get a quick update and see what's man, going on. Man, you want to know nothing else? <laughs> <laughs> I went, uh, man, I went to the Van Halen rehearsal last night, and let me tell you something, man. These cats are back better than they've ever been ever in their career. Really, really. Tears of my eyes. Wow. Fantastic. The set list is the wish list. They're only doing the Dave years. Oh yeah. And Dave is singing great. The band is smoking. Last night it was like everybody in the world was there. Man. It was like, I ran into like every guitar player. <laughs> Imagine, <Did you> really? <laughs> wow. Kirk Hammett and 
Scott Ian, John Sykes, Warren Demartini, uh, Zach Wilde, who was <laughs> threw almost threw me across the room. George Lynch, <laughs> um, all the Kenny Aronoff. I mean, there's a million musicians there, man. It was just like old home week. Was, dude, there's a lot of dude. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I said it blowing up the fucking building, man. Man, there'd be a whole lot less guitar playing going on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, geez, that's going to be a great tour. It's coming, it's coming through here, and I was, I was thinking about checking out that show. Dude, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Really, this isn't like the last tour where everybody hated each other and Ed was kind of messed up. You know, every everybody's in great spirit. They got to go all the right. Wolfie's killing it, man. That's what I was going to ask. Okay, yeah. he's singing all the high parts, man. The vocals are great. Really, and he's playing as though the band's never grooved more, man. I mean, I, I like Mike. Mike's a great guy. But Wolf is playing, man. This yeah. kid is, you know, it's in the gene pool. What can I say? Right. Well, I'm giving free PR to these guys. Cause <laughs> I, matter of fact, I just got off the phone with it. He just called me. Well, that's very cool. Well, hey, um, thanks a lot. Thanks for uh, spending time with us to update. We're just doing updates on uh, some of our past guests, and, and we really hey, man, appreciate it. I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy to get, you know, talk to you guys anytime. Yeah, thank you. Know, when, when it comes closer to my record coming out, we'll do it again. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'd like to do that when you're, when you're, when you, when you've heard it, you go, oh, okay, now we got something to talk about. Exactly, exactly. All well, right, cool. man. Thanks. Best take care, and, and good luck to you and Sean, and I and, and, uh, hope it all goes well. All right, man. I shall groove you later. All take right, care, take man. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Special thanks to Crosby Loggins, Jenny DeVoe, and Steve Lukather for joining us on this special edition of Inside Music Cast. Be sure to join us for our next episode when Inside Music Cast welcomes Shem Von Schreck. If you have a question or a suggestion for the show, please drop us an email at input at insidemusiccast.com. That's input at InsideMusicCast.com with one C. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Stay subscribed to Inside MusicCast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for downloading Inside MusicCast, the podcast devoted to the musicians, fans, and the people who make the music business happen. Your subscription is appreciated, so be sure to check your podcatcher for our next episode. You can also visit InsideMusicCast.com for additional content. If you'd like to contact us via email, the address is input at insidemusiccast.com.